All right, how is everybody? It's good to see everybody. Nice winter morning. So if you are uh, new here today, we are finishing a series uh, today that we have titled Finding Financial Freedom. Uh, We've uh, worked kind of hard over these last weeks. Uh, We've covered a lot of ground, uh, received a lot of information. Um, For those of you who have been with us, I'm going to remind you of uh, some of the highlights of what we've talked about. I have them up on the screen. Uh, in the first week, uh, we learned that God owns it all, that God owns everything. That includes our bodies, our time, uh, but it also includes our money and our possessions. Um, we learned that we are but stewards of it. In other words, we take care of that which belongs to God. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about first fruits giving and uh, returning the first fruits of what we receive back to God. Uh, we talked about tithing that day. I know that a few of you have uh, tried to make some attempts at tithing. Um, God bless you in that. And then um, want, uh, we talked last week about learning to live below our means, um, not at our means. Um, Not above our means, but last week we talked about learning to live below our means and learning to save uh, some of what we receive. So today, um, here's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about enjoying some of what we receive. Um, And so I look forward to sharing with you. Can you grab a Bible and turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Uh, There are some uh, page numbers up on the screen. There should be Bibles around you. And I want to read just a few verses. If you were with us in week one, we uh, read these verses back then. And they are uh, a part of a, a larger message that Jesus is giving. And in this section, we'll just read a little bit of it. In this section, uh, Jesus is asking us, why do you worry so much? And he talks um, a little bit about um, nature, and we're going to talk about that here today. So um, chapter 6, verse 28, follow along as I just read a couple of verses. Jesus says, Why do you worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? All right, so um, I'm going to share my, I forgot to share my jokes at the last service. Can you believe that? Um, I don't want to do that here today. So um, we're going to get to the question in just a moment. Um, An English man and an Irish man are driving head-on at night on a twisty, dark road, and they are both driving too fast. For the conditions, they collide on a sharp bend in the road. To the amazement of both, they are unscathed, though the cars are both destroyed. In celebration of their luck, both agreed to put aside their dislike for the other from the moment on. And at this point, the Englishman goes over to the trunk, He fetches a 12-year-old bottle of whiskey. He hands the bottle to the Irishman who says, May the Irish and the English live together forever in peace and harmony. So the Irishman tips the bottle, gulps about half of it down. 
Still a little flabbergasted over the whole thing, he goes on to handle, hand the bottle back to the Englishman who says, no thanks, I'm just going to wait for the police to get here. <laughs> and I do have a seasonal one. I, I, I just thought this was too good not to share. The Jehovah Witnesses don't celebrate Halloween I guess they don't appreciate strangers knocking on their doors. (laughs) It's really hilarious. No offense if you uh, have spent some time in the Jehovah Witness. All right, here's our question for today. What is one of the most amazing or beautiful places you've ever been? We're going to talk a little bit about nature today and uh, how that relates to uh, stewardship and um, enjoying uh, the life God's given us. So this should be fun. Uh, we can do quick answers. We're going to take a number of them. So if you'd like to answer the question, James and Flint are going to run the mic. You get their attention. Just stand up, give us a brief answer. What is one of the most amazing or beautiful places you've been? Who would like to start us off? All right. Good morning, everyone. I'm Jamie. Um, I would have to say it was... The Black River. It runs through Georgia down into Florida into Swanee into the uh, Swanee River in Florida, and it comes out into Manatee Springs. We canoed that for 28 days, and there was a lot of cool nature out there. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, thanks. Um, after our first service, I realized how little of the world I have seen. So, all right, Jessica, let's stand up. The, the Vatican was really cool. It was just like so big. You know, I'm not really into churches and stuff. No offense. But it was like, No, no offense taken. It was crazy. And then this, the beaches of uh, Apulia in southern Italy was really good. Oh, cool. Wow. All right. Who else is willing to share? I'd have to say the hospital when my my boys were born. That ah. was that was most commonplace, but it was amazing. Yeah, thank you, Jason. First time we heard that today. Okay, my hand. I am Kayla. My answers are kind of polar opposite. Jamaica, the sand it was so white and beautiful, and then you can have the opposite of in a cottage for winter when. There's snow everywhere, and yeah, I love snow. (laughs) You'll live in the right place. Hey, hey church, I'm Big Mike. I would say probably the Great Smoky Mountains when the snow falls. Hmm. Very nice. Thanks, Mike. All right, who else be willing to share? Got a couple of more. All right, Sam. Good morning. My name is Samantha. Um, I really haven't had the chance to travel outside of the Midwest very much, um, but a few years ago, I was able to go to California with my mom, Um, and it was my first experience on a plane. It was my first experience outside of the Midwest, Um, but when we were there, we were able to take um, a little boat tour, and I was able to see the dolphins, and it was just super cool. Mm, Very cool. Hello, I'm Galen. Um, I would say the most beautiful or amazing place was a small town called Ure in Colorado. Uh, it's uh, west of the Front Range. It is 
described as little Switzerland. It is surrounded by mountains mm. and it's just amazing. Mm. Cool. Thanks, Galen. All right. Hi, my name is Wanda. I um, have so many places that I could say because I, I fortunately worked for a job that went all over the U.S., but um, we did a job for a year in Central America, Panama, and that was beautiful. Um, lots of beautiful stuff there, the wildlife, the mountains, and then I went to Cancun, too, and spent time there, but so there's, I, I don't know, north, it's a lot, lot of them. Thanks, Juan. That's good to see you today. Howdy. I'm Cooch, and since I usually go to four, there's a lot of new faces. Uh, extremely ill. About uh, five years ago, I actually passed to the other side, uh, saw my dad and uncle, and had it not been uh, for Jesus and uh, for forgiveness, the place I went would probably have been a lot warmer. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. Um, my most beautiful place was on a beach. I was doing a mission trip with a bunch of teenage girls, and I got to watch dolphins go across the sun's, sunrise mm. and watch three or the four dedicate themselves. Mm. Thanks, Heather. Um, so I think I saw did a couple more hands, and then we're going to wrap up. So we got Kai and then Heather, or Heather and then Kai. So I like to ride my motorcycle all over the country, and I'm thinking of all these beautiful rides that I've, I've been on, but there's one that just jumps right off the page, and that's uh, between Ure and Durango, Colorado. Mm. It's called the Million Dollar Highway. It's absolutely breathtaking. Okay, cool, cool. Oh, we have Daniel, too, so we're going to do these quick. So go ahead, Daniel. Dale, I just got to say I got to appreciate you. Uh, it's the greatest place that I've been since I've been out of prison is this house of worship right here with all you beautiful people. Oh, all right, thank you. Yeah. Okay, um, we'll come. Sorry. Yep. So thank you. Um, it's all relative, isn't it? So um, th that's a great answer. Um, I've really uh, enjoyed those questions. We're going to wrap up there. I enjoyed those questions, and I, I, uh, we've had real, we've had some world travelers throughout the day. It's been uh, kind of cool. Um, so I want to start today by by reading together a few scriptures that talk a little bit about nature and God's relationship with them. So um, they're going to be up on the screen, and I'm going to invite you to read them with me out loud. Psalm 19, it says this, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak, and night after night they make Him known. And then this comes from Psalm 96. It's verse 1, and then verses 11 and 12 Read together. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out for joy. Let the trees of the forest sing for joy. Kind of love that. I love that psalm. It's, it kind of reminds us that perhaps God even gets praise, not just from us, but also from, you know, the earth itself and, and living things. And then, um, this isn't a psalm of, of creation, but it actually um, kind of gives us a, a real theological message. It comes in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. Read it with me. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. 
Though everything through God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Such an interesting, interesting verse. Um, So I I don't believe personally that you can come to know God um, like I would know God by encountering nature or God's creation. Um, in fact, I, I believe that nature um, just has no way of fully encompassing our sinful nature and our need for a Savior. Um, it doesn't express the depth of God's love and grace that we come to know in Jesus. It doesn't lead us to a personal relationship with our Savior. And it doesn't really describe the cross, Jesus' death and resurrection But in Romans chapter 1, in those verses, Paul says that if you take time to look around you and reflect, you can't help but see that there is a God. That's kind of an interesting concept. Um, If you take time and look around you and reflect, you can't help but experience a little bit of the magnificence of our Creator God. And you can not only see his creativity, but you can see that he is a God who loves beautiful things. Um, I have traveled enough uh, to see it. Um, The beauty and expanse of the oceans, uh, snow-capped mountains, uh, the wonders of the lakes country in the upper Midwest, uh, the magnificence of the Grand Canyon, probably the coolest place I've ever been, um, the uniqueness of the deserts. Um, but here's, here's one. Um, nobody has said it except for me today. Um, I grew up in Bismarck, North Dakota. I've spent pretty much my whole life uh, in North Dakota. And throughout my life, I've grown in a deep appreciation for the Dakota prairies and for the Badlands. And um, I think that there is nothing more beautiful than some of the country, uh, especially to the west of our farm country here in the Red River Valley. Uh, We're in in, uh, the midst of seasonal change again. Have you noticed that? Um, We had a beautiful fall. Um, Too short, maybe, but it was a beautiful fall. Um, and uh, that was kind of amazing. Uh, in fact, I was thinking this week, you know, um, you remember last spring? Probably not. Um, I was thinking, you know, if, if winter was as short as last spring, we'd be done with it already. <laughs> That'd be so cool, but I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, I, I think about the, the, the seasonal change. I actually love the change of seasons. I think it's one of the cool things of living up here. And I, I sometimes think about what the seasons and their changing uh, tells us about God. Like it tells us that there is a consistency and a stability uh, about God because there is a consistency and a stability to the seasons change. We know that winter is going to come, like it or not. Every March, when I'm starting to think the temperatures are never going to warm up and that the snow is never going to melt, sure enough, it happens every year. There is a consistency and a stability to the, the seasonal change. And yet, 
there's also an inconsistency and an instability to the seasons. It snowed at the end of October, for heaven's sake. And, um, you know, I think that part of what we learn when we look at the season changes, what we learn about God is that our God um, is, is both predictable, but he can also be unpredictable at times. And I think that when we look at nature, we can learn so many things about God. Um, one of the things that we can learn is that our God is an amazing God who created and is in control. And, and Jesus says, you know, my friends, why do you worry so much? Um, why, do you, why do you doubt that God's going to take care of you? Look around you. You know, look at God's handiwork all around you. Look at the flowers of the field. Um, you know, just think about the images of Scripture that talk a little bit about, about nature and, and use it as an analogy for our faith. For example, um, though your sins are as red as scarlet, God will make them as white as snow. We, would, we know what that looks like, right? Uh, we know what that looks like. Um, what... We can see clearly in God's creation, I think, is his desire to have a joy-filled relationship with us. God did not create the, the, the earth simply for us to take care of. God created this place for us to enjoy and to appreciate. God wants us to enjoy his creation and our lives with him. Now, I'm going to tell you something you already know. Our struggles our mistakes, our sins, um, those things rob us of the kind of joy that God wants to give to us. Um, and, and I know that perhaps a lot of you are, are right there right now. If you are struggling with mental health right now or your addiction, uh, you're kind of being robbed of the joy that God wants to, you to experience in your life with him. God wants you to find enjoyment in your relationship with him and your presence on this earth. Um, over these last weeks, um, we've had a lot of information about finances. And uh, we've, we've learned that as we grow spiritually, it's going to be good for us to learn to, to take a look at ourselves and take responsibility for ourselves. And um, when we take an honest evaluation or inventory um, of ourselves, including how we've done with money or how we've done in regards to our finances, um, I am well aware that for many it, it's pretty easy to get a little depressed. Um, and I, I know that as we've talked about this um, these last few weeks, if you've been with us, um, maybe there have been times when you've realized, you know, I've probably been pretty selfish with uh, my money or my finances, or maybe I've been irresponsible. Anybody ever feel that way? Um, or um, this is pretty common around here, like I'm whatever age you are, and I'm starting over. What's that about, you know? Starting over without pretty much anything. Um, or for many of us, maybe we just have seen and, and learned uh, areas that we can grow. I was thinking about um, the prophet Nehemiah, or the, the uh, Bible character, the Old Testament character, Nehemiah, this, work, this week when I was thinking about this idea that some of us might be struggling a little bit when we, we think about you know, finances and all the things that we wish we had done. And, and I, was, uh, 
I, I went back to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is uh, an interesting book in the Old Testament. It's written about um, Israel's return to, is, uh, to Israel, to, to Jerusalem, um, after a period called the Babylonian captivity. There was this period in the Old Testament when um, Israel was, um, was uh, um, invaded by another country and many of the people were moved away uh, to Babylon and lived far off. And after some hundreds of years, the, the Israelites came back to Israel and back to Jerusalem and they embarked on the building, the rebuilding of the temple. And Nehemiah was the foreman and the spiritual leader. And they rebuilt the temple in all of Jerusalem, um, had gathered to hear Ezra, uh, one of the priests and prophets, and the priests read the, to the people from the Old Testament laws. In fact, I'd like you to turn to a few verses with me from Nehemiah uh, chapter 8. There should be some page numbers up on the screen if you want to grab a Bible. And, uh, you know, just want you to picture this. The temple has been rebuilt. Um, all of Jerusalem gathers around to hear the Old Testament passages and words being read. And um, just kind of like maybe we feel sometimes when we kind of do our inventory and we think about the things that we wished we had done, we can get a little bit down. And so um, I want to read beginning at verse 8 of chapter 8. Page numbers up on the screen. Um, it says, They read from the book of the law of God and clearly explaining, explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest, and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this. For today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Then Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet non-alcoholic drinks and share the gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. I added that one part if you didn't notice. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites, too, quieted the people, telling them, Hush, don't weep, for this is a sacred day. So the people went away to eat and drink as a, at a festival, to share gifts of food and to celebrate with great joy because they had heard God's words and understood them. Um, here's the deal. I realize that sometimes when we talk about kind of things that the Bible says that we should do, um, it's pretty easy to get overwhelmed with the things that we haven't done, Right? Um, and it's pretty easy to get down on ourselves. And, and so I, I, wanted to, I wanted to end this series um, by, by telling you something that is the most important thing for you to know. Um, and that is that God loves you and God's here to take care of you. And, and we're, we're not talking about kind of beating ourselves up for things that we wished we had done different in regards to our finances or anything else but realizing that God's mercies are new every day and that we can start fresh today wherever you're at. And um, one of the things that I want you to know, I just want you to know this, because uh, we've talked about saving and giving and leave, living below our means, and man, we talked about credit cards, and I called them evil, a hand you know, used by Satan last week and all that. And today um, I want to tell you this, to be a good steward... 
you need to learn to enjoy the fruit of your labors as well. That the part of being a good steward, God, God created us in this place for us to enjoy. Um, in fact, it's one of the, the blessings of financial freedom, my friends. A good steward celebrates the goodness and the grace of God. A good steward enjoys God's blessings. Um, you know, we, we know very little about heaven, um, but the few pictures that we get of heaven are it's going to be like a great banquet or a great big party. And then we get together every week and we pray the prayer and, and we say, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you've heard me. Yes, you've heard me right. Honor God once in a while by throwing a party. Carefully, smartly. Honor God once in a while by, by celebrating the blessings that he has given you in his life, in your life. God desires for us to enjoy this life he's given to us and to enjoy his creation. And so, enjoy good food. Um, enjoy good, for most of you, non-alcoholic drinks. Um, strong coffee. Huh? Um, enjoy good people. Enjoy the life that God has given you. So, um, but here's, here's what I also want to do. I just want to take a moment to ask you to ask yourself, um, especially for some of you here today, to what extent have your life struggles robbed you of joy and gratitude? If recovery has taught me one thing, it's to find joy and gratitude in what I have today. Can't change yesterday, right? Um, tomorrow isn't promised, so what do I have today? I was, I was thinking about uh, my early recovery, and um, I, you've heard my story before. I, um, I was not working at the time, and I was doing some counseling as well as some treatment, and, and my counselor really didn't want me to go back to work very quickly. And so I was like getting bored, like what am I supposed to do? And it was springtime and summertime, and she would, she would say, well, um, you should just go for a walk. That gets old, you know. But I, I would go for walks. Um, and I would try to, um, you know, spend some time intentionally um, outdoors in the sun and, and uh, recovering. And here's, here's the interesting thing. Um, that I noticed, um, it's not that interesting, I mean, it's, it, most of you won't be that surprised, but I started to notice things that I realized I had missed for forever, like beautiful flowers um, and the, the vivid colors that are around us, like in the summertime, uh, the sounds of summer all around me, and um, you know, even even things like you know the the smell of fresh air, and I started to notice things again, and and there and there came in in me that like this sense like how how long have I been away from this life? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And so, to what extent have your life struggles robbed you of joy and gratitude? And, you know, what does, that, what does that mean in your life? Uh, also, um, 
One of the things we learn as we kind of, you know, are on this journey of celebration is take time to give thanks and enjoy the simple things in life. So literally, I wrote this down in my notepad. Um, While writing this, my pen ran out of ink. It did. Gets lighter and lighter as I go. I had another one. How cool is that? Thank you, God, for pens and the accessibility that right next to me, I'm able to grab a new one. Um, And then I thought, you know, somebody has spent their life making yellow pads just so I can write my messages on them. (laughs) Thank you to whoever has been doing that. Thought, you know, that is too cool that I go to the store and there's always yellow pads there with my name on them. And, and then um, I was thinking about, about when um, I was young, uh, there were people who taught me how to read. And there were people who taught me how to write. What a gift. I was so thankful um, for that. Um, and so then I, I decided, well, I better ask you Um, another question. Uh, So what is an ordinary thing you are grateful for today? We're going to take some answers. Flint and James are going to run mics. Uh, We're going to do this quick. So what is something ordinary that you are grateful for today? Freedom. Freedom. I'm grateful for my cat and also recovery. Showers. Yeah. Accessible showers. Mm-hmm. So just yesterday I went walking um, eight miles because I'm thankful to be able to walk. I was stuck in an auger, um, staring at my leg for 23 minutes. Um, I was luckily being able to walk and alive today. So I, I do go on walks and enjoy things like you were saying because sometimes it's some, something as simple as walking can be taken from you in an instant. Yep. And so I'm just thankful to be able to walk. Amen. So That's you. awesome. Thank you. Glad you're here today. I'm thankful for clean water and warm clothes. <laughs> clean water and warm clothes. Very good. Who else? What is something ordinary that you're thankful for today? I don't want to be labeled a millennial, but cell phones, because they are there when you need them. If you're in a scary situation, you can call your parents. You are a millennial, but yes, thank you. That's good. I'm grateful for God waking me up this morning. Uh, Yeah, thanks, Terry. Heather has her hand up in the back, and I don't want to miss her because we, we stopped before she could last time. Hi, I'm Heather. I'm grateful that I was able to get out of bed today, physically. It's a big deal for lots of people. Anybody else? Two more. Two more. Right behind you. There you go. I'm just grateful to have a church to go to and a job to go to. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. I'm Charles. I'm grateful to um, uh, finally, I had surgery on the 13th of last month. I'm able to come to church today. Yeah, it's great to see you today, Charles. Yeah. All right. Thank you for those. Oh, we'll do Eddie, and then we're going to... Oh, and Zach. Man, we're going to just keep going here. Grateful for glasses. 
Grateful for glasses. That Somebody said that at both services. At 3.30 today, I'll be grateful with the Packers win. Went to Lighthouse for church service and a fight broke out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap up there. I'm not going any further. <clears throat> okay, so I'm not quite done. So I guess I've got a couple more things I want to share with you before we wrap up, okay? Um, as we draw to a close um, in finding financial freedom, um, a few things that I want to take want you to take with you as you go, okay? Um, the first is this. Um, there is a void in your life. Um, some people call it a hole in your heart that only God can fill. And the Bible says so much about money and possessions because we try to fill it with money and possessions and security from God instead of God. So I'm going to tell you today um, in regards to possessions and money, the number one lie that Satan is going to tell you, if I had just a little bit more, if I had just a little bit more, um, is a lie because a little bit more is never enough. I'd like you to grab a Bible and turn to Proverbs chapter 30, and I want to read um, what are to me, the most profound words um, regarding money and possessions in Scripture. Um, it's kind of a, a prayer, and uh, I'm just going to kind of show you where it is. I want you to be able to see it. That's why I didn't put it up on the screen. Um, encourage you to maybe make note of these and return to them once in a while. I do so. Uh, Proverbs chapter 30, beginning at verse 7. Um, Proverbs 30, verse 7, O God, I beg two favors from you. Let me have them before I die. First, help me never tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, Who is the Lord? And if I am too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. What a, what a profound uh, word. So, um, you know, before we close, just a couple of really quick things. Um, you know, I, many of you have heard me talk about my, the philosophy uh, that I learned a long time ago, and that is there's always a ditch on both sides of the road. Um, in regards to finances, my guess um, is that if there's a ditch, um, you know which one you have a tendency to spend more time in. Uh, the one that is an overspending um, ditch, or as I have sometimes found myself in, the tightwad ditch. Um, and, uh, and the truth of the matter is, is that we're better off staying on the road. And I think that in regards to my, I call it frugality, um, I think that there have been times when I've missed out on things in life. Um, over time, I've also known lots of people who struggle with spending. And uh, it's an albatross around their neck. So um, after this series, perhaps you know which ditch you might have more of a tendency towards. And what do you need to do to get back on the road? Um, I also wanted to um, say that, 
that I, I think that, especially for those of us who have found some financial freedom, um, I think it's good practice for us spiritually to learn to say no to ourselves um, and to once in a while practice delayed gratification. Uh, we tend to think, I need it now. Um, I'd like that. Um, but we can ask ourselves, do I really need that? You know, what is the difference between needs and wants in our life? And once in a while, I'm going to tell you, it's good to find something that you would want and decide, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to, at least not right now. Uh, that there's growth in that. Um, as we grow spiritually, uh, we will learn some strength in that as well. Um, I also want to challenge uh, people who maybe have found some financial freedom in their life uh, to learn to practice sacrificial giving. And um, what that means is I'm going to give something that's going to require me to not do something else. And that, that's, that's kind of a challenging thing in our world. Uh, but it's, it's a growth area that, that I think you will, you will find that it blesses you beyond what you can ever um, imagine. Now, as we talked about giving a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about first fruits giving and tithing, um, I know that for many people to even kind of move towards tithing will be a sacrificial gift and a, and a start in trying to do something that is going to require some decisions that, that we make. Um, I'm going to do this and not that. And um, I just wanted to share that I had a revelation. You know, my wife and I um, have had good jobs in our adult life, um, and uh, we were able uh, in our adult life to raise our kids, to help them through college. Um, we've had opportunity to travel and to, to do um, wonderful things with our families. Um, but we, you know, we didn't, like, take big trips every year with our kids. I had this revelation. So we, we did, um, while our kids were growing up, one year we did a Disney World trip. One year we did a Disneyland trip. Um, but I had this little bit of a sense that we couldn't do that every year. Um, but I was also well aware, and I learned to kind of share that with people, that we were giving um, one of those trips away to our church every year. And part of that was this sense of, of, of um, wanting to be faithful to what God was, you know, leading us towards and also, you know, wanting to, to grow spiritually through that. So not suggesting that you cancel the trip this winter, not suggesting that you kind of rethink everything in your life, but I am saying that sometimes... Um, if we learn to make sacrificial gifts, um, we grow exponentially. Finally, um, I just want everybody to remember we ended this way last week. God loves you unconditionally. Uh, there's nothing that you can do today that's going to make God love you more, not even if you do something sacrificially financially. Nothing you can do today that's going to make God love you more than he did yesterday. There's nothing you can do today that's going to make God love you more tomorrow. Not even if you do something financially. Um, God desires to take care of you, for you to enjoy this life. Um, I know that a lot of you maybe have too much going on. Uh, maybe you haven't hardly heard anything that I shared other than throw a party once in a while. Um, <laughs> What I want you to know is that if you're in the midst of something right now, that God is in it with you. 
and we encourage you to come back, and we will walk with you. Um, and, and I hope and pray that everybody here grows in, in their knowledge and understanding that God will take care of us, that God will take care of you, that he will see you through it. Um, and it's not, I, I know that with some certainty, not only because um, God's word says so, um, but because he's done it in the past, and I believe he will do it again. So uh, 